All right, take four. Here we go. Episode 17 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. We had some technical difficulties getting this started, but it appears that we're finally back on track. Sam, episode 17 and episode 16, we talked about you starting school this week. So we'll start the show just like we always do. First of all, how was your week and how was your first day of school? It's it's tough because uh, I didn't take a full load of classes last year and now I'm just thrown right into it with like no reprieve. Everyone says silly weekend is, or silly week is the easiest, which is the week that most of the classes are about like going over the syllabus. I I've never encountered that, I think, in my college career. I've always gotten work assigned like right away and I don't get it. Yeah, no, I haven't experienced that either. It's always been like, hey, welcome to college. Here's what you got to do. Go. There's like there's like so many people that go partying like every night this week because it's like, oh, it's it's syllabus week. It doesn't matter. It's like I got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I I completely understand that. I didn't have a I, I'm in the same boat when we when I started school way back in August, not October. I. uh it was the same thing. I just got assigned to work immediately. And it was like, okay, well, guess we're right back into it. So. Isn't it crazy that we're going to get out of school like right around the same time? Yeah, I don't understand that. That's just I, – I don't understand how that adds up, but that's up to – Skoducks, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's up to people <laughs> who are who are a lot, uh, <clears throat> a lot smarter than I am to figure all that stuff out. Um, <clears throat> so – uh, we have a uh, we have a special episode for you guys today. We are bringing in uh, a guest. We haven't had a guest in a while, um, and this guest is the first guest that we've had that is brought to you uh, from the East Coast. So as there is a uh, there is a massive time difference between where we are at and where he is at, and he is Keegan Ness. Keegan, how's it going, man? It has been it's been a while since we talked. It has talked. been a while, yeah. But uh, it's good to see you guys, or good to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, hope everything's going well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I got to ask, because we ask this to everybody who's been on the show. Mm. Have you at all listened to any of our episodes? Please say yes. Would, Please say yes. Please of course yes. I have. Of course I have. Of course I have. <laughs> um, yeah, when no, you guys first ahead. started recording, um, I was, yeah, I've listened to every single one. And then, um, you know, as our season started to pick up in August and then through September, it's kind of faded in and out. But, you know, since Jason's messaged me, I think last week to get back on um, or to come on the show. I've, I've picked it up a little bit. So, yeah, of course. Oh, sweet. Are you saying, well, are you saying oh, soccer oh, like, is a bigger part of your life than this podcast? I have to say yes. <laughs> well, you know what? You actually um, – I think you might be the first guest who's actually listened <laughs> to some episodes because <laughs> I, right? I don't think Jimmy did. And I don't think Josh did. I know Ben didn't because we really? quizzed. That we surprises qu- me. Yeah, we quizzed him on something. It doesn't Uh-oh. surprise me. He's a fake. He's a fake friend. So it doesn't oh, surprise me. Oh man! Well, this would be a bad episode for him to start listening to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we brought Keegan on. I I had talked to him. I guess he had to have been like two months ago to possibly uh, be be a guest on the show. And that's when we were sort of getting our getting our feet under us when we were starting this podcast. And then as we kind of started to, to build some momentum and we've kind of started to, to garner a little bit of an audience, um, we, uh, 
I messaged him again because I figured um, he would be a, someone very interesting to talk to because he does play, as Sam mentioned, uh, Division One soccer out at Penn State. So, but he had kind of an interesting road to get to Penn State. Um, so we'll we'll talk to Keegan about sort of what, you know all the way back at Roseville, all the way to Penn State. So um, we'll touch on the. Uh, the new soccer stadium that's being built in Sacramento. And then we'll also talk about, I don't know if any, I'm sure, I don't want to say, I don't know, but I'm sure um, most of you have probably heard about the uh, California fair pay to play act. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit because Keegan obviously is a, a division one athlete. So we'll get his opinion on that, but we'll start sort of where, uh, sort of where it all began Keegan. So you went to Roseville high school with Sam and I, that's kind of where, it's kind of where you and I got to know each other. I know uh, we. Uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I would say the first. I'd say the first time that I think you and I really got to know each other was. Um, I mean, obviously we went to Cooley together, but I think the first class that we had really in high school was that um, uh, AP Psychology with Andriata. Yeah. Andriata, yeah. And then we we wrote the the best kids book ever made. Uh, or oh so my the, goodness! Or yeah. so the bear. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, that was a. Uh, and I think after that, because that was sophomore year, and then you and I had, I think, history. I think we had A push. Yeah, Lang. A push with um, BB. Yeah, and yeah. and that's where that's where you and I kind of got to know each other. Um, and Keegan was also a part of uh, Roseville's uh, journalism program. Mm-hmm. Um, and Keegan, Keegan, and Sam were really sort of uh, my go-to guys if I needed something done. I would ask. Uh, Either one of them to get it done, and actually, Keegan, you and I were the two who. Do you remember? Um, do you remember what Ritter said after we made the probably the best thing that that I think we made uh, together was that that girls soccer. The girls soccer. Yeah. yeah. So you remember? Yeah. I remember that. Of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. That was such. Honestly, that was probably like I know Ritter had said that that was the best thing that that we had made, but honestly, like after it, we were done filming it. Like I, I remember. I remember before we even released it, I was I just kind of looked at you and I was like, "Dude, this is really good." <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. So Keegan is a Keegan is a man of many talents, but his uh, his main talent is uh, is soccer. So um, Sam and I are. I mean, Sam and I didn't get recruited out of high school. Uh, you did. Can you kind of go through what the what the process was like um, getting recruited out of high school? Who you got recruited to? Who gave you offers? And why you initially decided to go to to Oregon, Oregon yeah, definitely. State. So, Oregon State. Oh, true. So, um, I was actually pretty fortunate. Um, going into my junior year, I joined a new team. It was, um, as you mentioned, part of the Sac Republic Academy team that was brand new. Um, going into our junior year, and um, before I just played on Plash United, which is a club team, one of the best club teams in Sacramento. Um, but being on a academy team, kind of just expanded the exposure of being in front of college coaches to like an exponential amount um so being part of i i give a lot of credit to just being a part of that team um and having that exposure um i yeah i give that a lot of credit for getting recruited but um oregon state was actually one of the first colleges to actually reach out to me um they came one of the assistant coaches Ben Stoddard, um, who actually moved on recently to say or SMU in Texas, he uh, he came down to California, was just on a little recruiting trip. Um, actually started in the Bay Area and then moved up to Sacramento, 
to watch one of our games, and he actually reached – well, technically, he reached out to one of our coaches um, and t- kind of told our coaches that he's kind of interested in me and one of my teammates. Um, our coaches relayed the message to us, and then as soon as he did, I kind of just reached back to him, reached back out to him, and then kind of reciprocated interest, um, kind of got Oregon State on my list, um, looked in the school a little bit, and, you know, it kind of took off from there. But, um, you know, I really thought Oregon State was the right place for me um, at that point. Um, but I did get a couple – I didn't get offered from other – uh, colleges just because I committed to Oregon State like fairly early in my recruiting process but other schools were interested in me um, a couple smaller schools on the east coast d1 d2 um, but you know I I think if I would have kept my options open like later um, I may have been in a different place I honestly don't know um, but yeah I committed to Oregon State um at the end of my junior year. So I think that would have been like June of 2016. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I pretty much had a whole year of being committed before I went to Oregon. So. And what, was, what was that like? Like knowing, so that's something that obviously Sam and I never got to experience. You know, you, you'd played soccer your entire life. You got all the way up to, to, junior year and you had the opportunity in front of you to sign with a college and go play go play soccer after high school what was that feeling like when you finally signed on to that college was it like was it a weight off your shoulders or were you or did it feel like more weight got put on your shoulders because you were like okay now I you know I I sort of made it um Mm -hmm. so like what what was that what was that feeling like I mean for me it was more of a big sigh of relief just because um, in high school, I, I made a goal that I wanted to play college at the next level, whether that be pro, whether that just be college. Um, so reaching the college level, just being able to say that, you know, I'm there or I'm going to be there. Um, it, it was a big side relief for me. And I think it took more pressure off my shoulders than putting it on. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much just how I felt after I signed. Uh, hey, Keegan, I got a question. Go on. So me and Jason aren't super familiar about the rules and processes of the MLS and the mm-hmm. lower lower league. But did you have a opportunity to stay with Sac Republic and actually make their like their starting or that their starting team, but their their like main pro team? Was that yeah, a possibility? So, yeah, definitely. Um I mean they have signed I'm trying to think of the number of kids that they've They've signed one academy product. So one kid that was in the academy, he was two years younger than us. Um, they actually signed him while he was still in high school. Oh, wow. Um, and then they also do this thing. Um, I think they've kind of slowed down on it just a little bit. But, like, if you were to look at last year or the past 18 months, really, they have signed um, academy kids who are still in high school to what's called um, – what do they call it? They call it academy player on a first team contract. So basically what that says is they sign a USL contract. So like the league below MLS, they basically yeah. sign a contract that allows them to play for the first team for Sac Republic in an actual game if they need to um, without compromising their NCAA eligibility. Wow. That's really so, cool. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So I they only started that um, past. I think I think it was like eighteen months ago. So I never had the opportunity to do that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, after college, if you know, I still have a good relationship with them. I actually the past two summers when I've gone home um, for the summer, I've actually trained with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Was um, coming out of high school? Did you ever consider? opting to not go to Oregon State or a D1 school and just trying to make the Sac Republic team or another U- UCL ro- or USL roster? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, you know, I think last, like, probably six months of high school, I was focused, I was more focused on going to college, getting my degree and, um, you know, just playing in college just being in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as a, as the year, years have gone on, I've definitely thought about it more and more, just being around guys who have been on my team who are now playing at the next level, just seeing like that is a possibility. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a goal of mine and a dream of mine to play professional. So, um, yeah, I, it's definitely something on my radar for the next couple of years. And you, you talked about getting uh, a degree. I think that's a good sort of segue into the question that I had for you. So, you got you got to Oregon State, mm-hmm. and you were in your first year. How many years were you at Oregon State? I can't. Was it two? No, it was just one. Was it, year? it was just year. one. It was just yeah. one. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, so that that first year that you were at Oregon State, and you're now you're now a college athlete. You mentioned getting your degree was important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was what was it like that first year? Um, at being being a, a student athlete at a at a college. You got recruit. You got the only, basically the only reason why you were there was to play soccer. But obviously, you said you wanted to get a degree, so you were there to play soccer, and you were also there to get a de- degree. But the school wanted you there for soccer, obviously. So, what was it like balancing that for the first time uh, in the at a college level? Yeah, um, I mean, one of the big reasons why I chose Oregon State, um, other than their soccer, was they have a very good kinesiology um, program, um, and that's what I'm majoring in. For those who don't know, um, I'm, if soccer doesn't work out, physical therapy is the route that I'm thinking about going towards. Um, so, yeah, but just the first year, it was – honestly, I actually did really well at Oregon State in terms of grades. Um, classes weren't too hard. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone who's going to college is go to class. Like, even if you think <laughs> you can, like, do well in the class without going to, like, the lectures and everything – just being in class, getting exposed to everything with the instructor is um, is a big deal. It helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just managing my time. Like at Oregon State, we would train in the morning year-round. So just waking up at 6.37 every morning, training. And then I was – it sucked for me because um, I had – I remember it was a chemistry class um, at noon, and we got out of training around – probably 11, 11.30, so I would have to rush straight out of practice, walk all the way across, across campus um, to go to my class um, and sit down and listen to my instructor talk about chemistry and stuff. But, I mean, um, it's difficult, but I think the biggest thing for me is I got in a rhythm um, like a week in, and once you get into that rhythm, it, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about compared to Jimmy, because we had Jimmy on, and Jimmy was talking about um, Sam, you remember when he was talking about his his daily schedule, like just yeah. waking waking up at five and 
Like literally, he was it was you know one thing after another. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was I was just curious as to like what your kind of daily schedule was, if you remember, because Jimmy mm-hmm. seemed to be so ridiculously full yeah. the entire day from like five a.m. to you know ten p.m. at night. It just seemed mm-hmm. like he was always doing something. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure football was even worse than what I had to do at Oregon State. But um, did you want me to go through like my daily schedule at Oregon State or here or both? Uh, I'd probably let's save it for let's save it for Penn State. I Sam, I asked the last two, so um, you uh, you got the next two. Um, what else? What else do I have here? Um, I I think something that stood out to me that you said was um, seeing seeing teammates move on to like the next level of soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that like seeing teammates? move on does that like encourage you like give you that belief that you can go on to the next level or is it more like oh well those guys were like amazing talents like that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm gonna make it yeah um yeah definitely um i think it's more of a motivator for me um because i mean when you play against someone in practice um year round like on a daily basis, you're around them all the time. You kind of see what it takes to be at the next level. Um, so I think just being around them and seeing what it takes, um, it, it pushes me even more. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's helped, like, seeing them, what it takes, you know, what they do at the next level. I mean, I still talk to a lot of them um, every once in a while. But, yeah. And how how realistic is it for a kid growing up here in the states how to the best of your knowledge like how easy is it to get connected to people in europe and around the world to get to those other leagues in football because it's Mm -hmm. just so much bigger around the world than it is here right yeah i mean um something that's good about that is it's growing um so i think we so I'll actually use an example of um, Sac Republic's academy. All right, perfect. So they actually, so they actually had three players all in the same age group. So they were two of them were born in two thousand one. One of them was born in two thousand two. And in the past, I want to say eight months. So I think this was all in twenty nineteen. All three of them um, have signed with professional teams in Germany. Um, huh. So, I mean, they're not, like, playing with, like, their first team and playing in, like, top division in Germany, but they're playing with their youth team, getting in, like, being able to train with the first team um, on a pretty regular basis. So, I mean, that's something that's big. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with who you know, um, Mm -hmm. your agent, things like that, um, to get you, you know, exposed to other other places, like, in Europe. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's it's – it's definitely possible depending on who you know. For Sac Republic, did you, or for even Penn State, did you guys have the opportunity to play overseas? Um, no, we, um, no, I think the, at Sac Republic, I think the only opportunity that we could have played like an international team would be at um, what's called, actually, I guess we couldn't even be considered for that because what the academy does is they have something called a GA Cup. Um, and that's usually just like the best MLS Academy. So Sac Republic wouldn't be a part of that, but they invite all the best um, MLS academies 
And then they bring in a whole bunch of international um, academies from like Brazil, like Mexico, a couple from Spain and England over and they play each other in like a little round robin tournament. So we never had the chance to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something I would love to do. Right. That's, a, that's surprising that, that like Penn State or Sac Republic didn't give you guys the opportunity to play. Because we were just talking to my girlfriend in one of these podcasts, and she's gotten the opportunity to play different volleyball teams in Europe. And you would think for soccer it would be sort of the same thing because they're so – both sports yeah, are pretty, definitely. pretty international. Which, yeah. by the way, um, we need to mention – I did mention that uh, none of our guests have listened to the podcast. Uh, she has. So before <laughs> uh, before she uh, comes after Sam or, I, uh, <laughs> Sam or I – and saying that uh, none of the guests have listened to the podcast, uh, she has. So little, uh, little correction <laughs> before both of us get yelled at. So, um, yeah, no, Sam, because that's a good point. Because as soon as he said that they hadn't, because Keegan, as soon as you said that you hadn't played um, anywhere overseas yet, I initially and thought of Jenna because she's gone to where did she go again? Europe. Yes, yeah, she went. Um, in different like traveled to different countries in Europe playing like yeah. different youth uh youth national teams or like actual national teams and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, I I was actually surprised that you guys uh hadn't uh hadn't been able to do that yet. Um so let's sort of move on to where you are currently. So after after your year at Oregon State uh, you transferred over to Penn State. So, mm-hmm. what the heck, man? What? How do you? How that? How that happen? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was an interesting year at Oregon State. Um, so, for those that don't know, I redshirted my. So we play in the fall of the school year. Our competition year is from like August until November, and I redshirted uh, my first year, so I didn't get any playing time in an actual game. Um, and we actually didn't do that well my first year at Oregon State. And the head coach who recruited me, Steve Simmons, um, he was actually let go um, at the end of our season. So in November, he was let go. Um, Our assistant coach took over for a little while. And then when we came back from Christmas break, they announced that they had hired a new guy who actually technically wasn't new because he was actually an assistant there um, a couple years prior. Um, He was a local guy and then went to University of Virginia. I was an assistant coach there won a national championship, and then was hired back at Oregon State when I was there. Um, his name's Terry Boss, um, great guy, really nice dude. Um, he's actually in and out with the national team as a goalkeeper coach sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, huh. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's used to play pro, um, really experienced coach. Um, so why did you so, leave? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> I didn't really want to, but um, he had a different philosophy, and um, – you know, just he trained us for the entire winter and spring um, quarter quarters that I was there. And towards the end of, I want to say April, um, he called me into his office and was basically like, um, you know, we appreciate like what you bring to the team. Like um, we value you and everything. But um, he did, he said he didn't see me playing very much um, the following fall. Um, and it wouldn't be very good for my development to sit a whole nother year. So he basically told me transferring is the best option for me. Um, well, good on him a, for yeah, at least yeah. telling you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing that I would complain about is the timing of it really sucked just because it was pretty late in the year at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was almost May 
I think it was actually I don't remember. I think it was either late April or early May. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it was it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but you know, luckily I I reached back out to my Sac Republic coaches, um, well, club coaches at Plaza United. Um, you know, they got me contacts with other college coaches, talked to a couple. Um, you know, luckily, I mean, Penn State kind of fell on my own lap because the um, the head coach of Sac Republic, Simon Elliott, um, still had a good relationship with him at that point. I still do today. But um, he actually knew um, Penn State's head coach who actually just got hired um, around the same time as Terry Goss at Oregon State. And um, I reached out to him. They were actually kind of looking for a midfielder at that point. Um, I came on a visit at the end of June. So everything pretty happened pretty fast. Um, I loved it. They have a fantastic kinesiology program. Um, the assistant coaches were great. Facilities are awesome. I mean, the whole school in general is just great. Um, that kind of goes then, back to what you were saying, the the who you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's Yeah, that's a big point in, in soccer and just in general. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was really fortunate to end up here. And, you know, I can't complain now, but I'm just – uh, I don't miss the uh, the whole stressful like month, month and a half where I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, if I was just going to stay and not be on the team. Or That was another thing I forgot to mention. Um, I could have stayed at Oregon State, but I wouldn't have been on the team. Um, so I could have just finished my degree, um, but just not be on, a, on the roster, which would have sucked. Um, yeah, but who would want but... to stay in Corvallis? <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have much, but I, I actually I actually do miss Corvallis. I, I actually was back there and uh, for my spring break spring break back in uh, March. Uh, visited Julia, who we're still dating. Who she's she's still there in, at Oregon State, so it's good to be back. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Hey Sam, don't make it sound like Eugene's some hotspot either, because you bag on it all the time, bro. That's true. But when I bag on it. Times that by like ten thousand for Corvallis. There is less to do in Corvallis than Eugene. There is not much. Yeah, there isn't much. Honestly, <laughs> it's like you're you're driving in, then you see the campus, and you drive right through. That's it. There's nothing else. It's just the Oregon State campus. So basically, out of the three of you, and the three of you including Ben, Ben got the better slate for stuff around. The college, because Ben's at Lewis and Clark, right? Yeah, but he's yeah, he's yeah. paying that's a, nice a lot area. too. So yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. Um. So at least the last question that I have, at least for college, um, at least in terms of your college career, I don't know if Sam's got another one, but we're reaching about the halfway point, um, so we can start to move on a little bit. The last sort of question that I had for you was, uh, just what are your expectations for this year, man? Like how how have you been how have you been playing? Um, and yeah, it's already started. Yeah, so like, what's what, what can we expect from the the best soccer player to ever come out of Roseville, and and your team too? <laughs> yeah, um, so I'll start with the team first, just because we've actually been doing really well. Um, right now, we're we have five wins, one loss, and two ties. Um, our, and our only loss was against Stanford, who is number ranked number five in the country at the time. They were our good opening. loss opening game loss <laughs> so yeah i mean other than we lost 5-0 in that game um so i mean other than the score well, and the loss, um it wasn't i mean it is what it is but i mean yeah I we've bounced back really well we've we've gone seven unbeaten now um we just beat michigan state on the road on tuesday um so we actually host number eight indiana on sunday so that should be a good game um 
but I mean, for me personally, um, it's actually been a little more difficult than I would have hoped for this year. I've, I've, I haven't been playing as much as I would have hoped. Um, I actually haven't started any games this year, um, just based on our formation and, you know, the guys that are playing there now, it's really, it's a competitive spot, but, uh, what are you guys playing? So we, we play a pretty traditional four, four, two. So there's only two center midfielders in that position I play. Um, mm-hmm. But you're more of so, a defensive-minded midfielder. Yes, right? I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, playing time is tough, especially when you're on a good team like we have this year and we're winning. So, Are you guys um, ranked? We actually aren't right now. So um, what they do for college soccer is it's similar to football where they just rank the top 25 and then that's it. Yeah. But they also have um, – like a pool of like 10 to 12 teams who receive votes each week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the past two weeks we've received votes, but we haven't been officially ranked yet. Okay. Um, but I think, I mean, we've gone seven unbeaten. Um, we just beat Michigan state on the road. And then I think, or I know for a fact, if I think if we beat Indiana on Sunday, then you can expect us to be in the top 25. Right. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, at least in terms of if you guys end up winning, you can be ranked. That'd be that'd be really really cool to say that you're on yeah. the team uh, that's ranked. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, exactly. Sam, do you have anything else about his college career? Or are you ready to sort of move on to the uh, other two topics that we uh, that we have lined up? Uh, I'm good. All right. Um, so I'll start. We'll start broad, um, and then we'll move, and then we'll kind of shrink it down a little bit. So. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, California just recently signed a Fair Pay to Play Act. And basically what it is, is it allows college athletes to be paid for the use of their name, likeness, and image. So that is was first reported on Monday. And what I'm getting this information from is uh, Sports Illustrated. So um, basically, and I'll read this from the website, it says uh, California Senate Bill 206 more commonly referred to as a Fair Pay-to-Play Act, now makes it illegal um, for California universities to revoke an athlete's scholarship or eligibility for taking money. Under the new law, schools will not pay athletes, but athletes can hire agents to seek out business deals for them. The bill will not go into effect until January 1st, 2023. So... Just based off that, Keegan, as a college athlete, what do you? What's your opinion on this? I honestly love it. I mean, as student athletes, we we kind of joke about it all the time, but we are kind of like, like we are held to these standards of and like being held to these rules that no one else has. Being under the NCAA, and you know, there's only so many things that we can do, a lot of things that we can't do. Um, so, I mean, this is. I think this is awesome. I mean, I think this should be a federal law um, for all states just because like, I'll give you an example where if like the video game one is a pretty common example where, you know, if EA sports makes a video game and they use your name and your everything, they don't pay the individual player. They pay the school and the NCAA. So I think this, the opportunity that seek out these business opportunities and just, being able to be paid for that, I think that's, I mean, that's just like a fundamental right. I mean, I don't think anybody should be like exploiting anyone just just to make money and using their name like that. So I, th- I think it's huge. Uh, 
since the since the passing of this this act in California, and California is the only one that's that has this this rule in place where players can get mm-hmm. can get paid. Keegan, if you were a incoming freshman to the 2023 class, would you have been more likely to stay in California because of this rule, or did it not? Would it not have really mattered to you? That's a good question. Um, that that is a good question, and I've I've um I've actually thought about that. Um, I, I think that's the big thing that the NCAA has with this is like mm-hmm. they're afraid California schools will have like superior talent when this rule is passed because all yeah. the good mm-hmm. players will go to California just get paid. But yeah, as a professional or a professional athlete, as a collegiate athlete, you can kind of speak to what your mindset would be. I think for me, I can't really say right now. I think it depends on what the NCAA does in response to this. Um, I know a couple of my teammates, um, they have friends who they used to play high school soccer with who play in California. And I've talked to a couple of guys um, that there seems to be this like rumor that if, you know, once this law did get passed, so it, it did now, that. California might make its own like super league outside of the NCAA. So it's, it'll be like its own entity of like its own college, like um, what's it called? It's own basically organization similar to NCAA, but just in California. So I think for me, if that were the case, I think I would go to, I would be more inclined to stay in California, play there, have the opportunity to get paid for things that I normally wouldn't if I were to be in the NCAA. So I think for me, um, I would look to stay in California. And the thing that I, at least, I haven't like done a deep dive into this bill or anything. I haven't really sort of done a lot of research into it. But from what I've heard, uh, I listened to a radio show the other day, and I mentioned this to you guys, is that there was a reporter on that was basically saying, at least he started talking about this in terms of college football, and he was like, look, you're really only talking about maybe out of all the college football players right now in the end, in the in, just who are playing, there's really only like maybe six or seven guys that he could think of that would actually be have big marketable opportunities outside of their school. So the argument that he was making was he doesn't necessarily think this is going to turn into some great big you know deal where these all these players are getting millions and millions of dollars he was like there might be a handful of players mm-hmm. at least in terms of college football who get paid but everybody else may get you know some you know some cash on the side but in terms of these millions and millions of dollars it's probably not going to happen he also said that it would be easier to do in um for college basketball cuz college basketball players are are easier to sort of market yeah. Um, but I, I was listening to him and I, I kind of agreed with him because I was, I mean, I was just thinking about all the, I mean, you, you go to last year with Zion and every, everything that was going on. I mean, he was like the only college athlete that people were talking about. I mean, it was just him. Everybody mm-hmm. else was like a second act. So when he was talking about, you know, this may only affect a handful of people. I think he's right in that sense. I don't think it's necessarily going to turn into some giant multi-million dollar 
hey, everybody's getting thousands of dollars a week. Yeah. I don't either. I mean, like, you look at where the big money is going to go. It's like you said. It's, I think it's only going to be, like, the big names like Zion. I mean, other people I can think of would be, like, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Like, big names like that. But, I mean, it's not, like, everyone. Like, for me, like, I probably wouldn't make a lot, if anything. But, I mean, I think the opportunity to have that is the biggest thing. Hey, I'd buy um, your jersey. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And it's and it's like you're not going to get penalized for it. That's the big thing yeah. too, right? Like there's right, no exactly. there's no fear of getting penalized. Yeah, and we all I, know this happens anyway. So allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> oh, we're not trying to we're not trying to out Keegan or anything. But I think I think the big thing for this is depending on what the NCAA does and depending on what California schools do. If the NCAA does nothing and California schools are allowed to stay in the NCAA and the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is not happy at all about this act because mm-hmm. they're the ones that have to really deal with it directly. But if no one does anything, I think if the first year, first two years, you hear athletes are like athletes that aren't big marketable names but they're actually getting marketed more because you're able to sign an agent, which other NCAA uh, athletes aren't supposed to sign an agent. They might have, I don't know, forms of representatives. There's loopholes you could probably get around. But these agents are allowed to get them more marketing opportunities, and it'll build their brands in such a way that their draft stock might actually go up mm-hmm. in certain ways too, which I think if 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 big-time athletes see – success of kids in California in the first two years of this happening, I think it, it will become a problem for them later. Yeah, that's a good point. Potentially, yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes because there, I mean, right now it's, I mean, yeah, it got approved, but nothing's, nothing's happening yet. I mean, as I, I mean, as I read, the bill doesn't go into effect until January 1st, 2023. So we still have, you know, four years, well, basically three, but um, until until this even goes into effect, so uh, I, I wonder I wonder how it's going to get tweaked along the way. Yeah, poor uh, student athletes right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, none of you guys get anything. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, yeah, Keegan. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. So um, this, this is huge in the fact that this is the first domino to fall, and hopefully, universal NCAA NCAA athletes getting like the ability to get paid this is yep. the first mm-hmm. thing to fall mm-hmm. yeah that's it's huge from that standpoint very much so very much so and we'll see you know i wonder because there's such a huge time in between when this is getting actually put into place i wonder if there are going to be other states that sort of fall in line as this goes along you know i wonder you know you know like just as an example we'll say i wonder if like in 2021 like texas signed something like this and then oh that'd be huge right that's what i'm saying that would that'd be <laughs> the first one that i would think um i mean you think of how many universities big universities are are in texas um mm-hmm. I, you know i just i wonder if somebody's going to sort of jump jump ship along the way if um this is how I think of it in my in my head. So going along the lines of the first two years, if California schools get an advantage because their recruiting is just 
above everyone else. You're going to see the schools like Clemson and Alabama push those states to sign something like this. Because yeah. every every school, you can they can say what they want about they don't want they want to keep amateurism, but they also want to stay competitive. Yeah, and that amateurism flies out the window if if this act is jeopardizing their ability to compete. Yeah, so it's really not we're really not that far off. I feel like. Hey, you watch Sac State's going to sign like the next LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing too. LeBron, the biggest athlete in. North America is supporting this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's huge. The, that, it's funny you say cause. that because there's a video of LeBron on, literally about midway through the uh, SI article. So actually, no, he's in two videos on this article. Check that. So, well, the it was on. I think it was the shop that they did it where yeah the the, gov- the California governor actually signed it, which yeah, I thought was kind of was kind of weird that they. That was like the decision type of thing. Like, why Why does this have to be public? Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes uh, in, in the upcoming years. And, and so that was sort of uh, what's going on in California. And we'll still stick to California, but we'll shrink it down uh, to sort of local, sort of our, the three of our, uh, our hometown. Um, so the article that I'm reading right now uh, was published – a little while ago, it wasn't. I mean, this is sort of old news, but it was something that I wanted to get uh, Keegan's opinion on. This was posted in uh, in April, um, but so the Sacramento City Council voted unanimously to approve the terms for a two hundred and fifty two million dollar soccer stadium, a move that will help the Sacramento Republic FC in the city meet the requirements for a major league mm-hmm. soccer expansion award. Now, I wanted to get your opinion on this because for somebody who doesn't really watch soccer doing something like this. And I know this is exactly why they're doing this to get, you know, dorks like me to come watch soccer games. I would totally go to a soccer game if it was right down the road. A hundred percent. So, and it would probably make me a soccer fan, at least for the, the team in the area. So what, I mean, what are your thoughts on this gigantic soccer stadium being built in Sacramento? I think it's huge. I mean, I think it's just another step towards becoming MLS. I mean, I think that was one of the things that's held Czech Republic back from being one of those expansion teams. Um, I mean, you've seen, I don't know if you guys have kept up with this, but there's been, I think, three, since Czech Republic has been formed and they've pushed for MLS, I think there's been, I think, at least three or four, maybe even five teams now that have um, officially been announced as the next MLS teams before Sac Republic. So, I mean, um, I think this is just something, um, you know, to get them on their way. Um, I know they've, they had a new um, investor that they brought in uh, a couple months ago, someone who I think, I think he part owns the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So, I mean, he, he has experience at um, owning sports franchises. So, I mean, I think that was another big thing. I think that was something that held Tech Republic back for um, a long while was the uh, financial portion of it. Um, but, I mean, I, I think this is huge. I mean, it's just another thing off the checklist for them. Um, but I think I think it's just going to be huge for Sacramento. I think it's going to be huge for soccer in Northern California. So I think, I, I think it's awesome. And talk about Sacramento having uh, some awesome arenas. 
Got the golden one and then this one being put in place too. Yeah. And they're going to be in contention for the best place to – the best venues. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to watch a... I don't want to sound like too much of a homer, but like if this is going to be a state-of-the-art soccer stadium, it just puts Sacramento on like a national scale with – Absolutely. Like the San Francisco's and LA's. And I know people that listen to this are going to roll their eyes, but it's like, it's, it's growing. Sacramento's growing and it's like becoming more established with, with an addition of potentially an MLS team. Have you guys seen the pictures, like the mock pictures of the arena? Yeah. It It looks looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it looks remotely similar to the picture that I'm looking at right now, First of all, I don't know where they're. I don't know where they're building it. I don't know. I think they're building it where they were planning on first building the Golden One Center. Oh, by by the uh, by the train tracks. They're like the rail yard. Yeah, yeah, it is by the railroad rail, rail yard. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be super super cool it, to to have a big a bit, and it's not just like because right now for those of you that that don't know the the. Sacramento does have a soccer. I don't want to say stadium because I think that would be. I think Roseville's Roseville High School's football field is is bigger. Yeah, it's smaller than a high school. Field. Yeah, so like where where they play currently, it's just it's not even going to compare to this stadium. Shout out Cal Expo. Yeah, shout out Cal Expo. Oh, wait, for, what's, it, what's it called? It's the. Um... Papa Murphy's Park. It was yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but before that. that, it was before that. Like I think the first three years, it was called Bonnie Field, and right. they actually just changed it to Papa Murphy's Park. Um, I think it was like maybe two years ago now. But yeah. Well, hey, you know, maybe in five six years, we'll be seeing Keegan Nets playing in Sacramento. For, uh, did you, uh, Keegan? Did you attend a lot of Sac Republic games? Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, could you um, could you talk to the fact of like the energy of soccer fans in Sacramento? Because I think it's yeah. kind of surprising to for people that don't like haven't experienced it, like how energetic the people of Sacramento are about soccer. Yeah, it is kind of hard to explain, but something that actually came to my mind when you said that was, I think I think it was a couple of days ago, uh, a couple of days ago, five years ago. Sac Republic won the USL championship in its first year in the USL. And there is a video of, it was actually, I forgot who took it, but it was, I think Sac Republic posted it of the fans before they built, like, you know, you know, um, at Cal Expo at Papa Murphy's Park, how they had the big um, stands on the end of the field, like the really, really tall one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So in the first, I think, two years, that wasn't there. It would, they were literally just, like, short little bleacher sections that you see at, like, a high school stadium. And those were literally filled of fans jumping, cheering. Like, um, they had the drums. They had they have cowbells. Like, they're no, like, there's this one guy who just has a cowbell the entire time. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny is the, um, the Tower Bridge Battalion, that's the Tech Republic supporters group, one of the main guys that leads that, um, his name is Thomas, and I'm blanking on his last name, but I actually know him because he was my flag football coach in second grade. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. and I actually I didn't, yeah, and I didn't talk to him for years and years. But he actually plays um, like in an adult co-ed league with my dad, or used to anyway. Um, and then once I joined the Tech Republic Academy, I went to the games, and I saw him. Um, it's it's really amazing, you know, what that group does, and you know how much they do for that club in terms of support. 
Um, so, I mean, if, if you haven't been to a soccer public game, I highly recommend it. They're amazing. Um, the fans are amazing. Um, it's a great atmosphere. Um, so uh, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, we we make fun of, like, how small the uh, Poppin Murphy's Park is right now. But it's mm-hmm. still, like, filled to the brim oh, yeah. on, like, a Friday night where you would think soccer's not that big in the area. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's crazy. I was blown away when I first went. I was shocked at how, like, just the energy in the place. Like, they're all, like, diehard fans right off the bat. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. Because you think about how just, I, I guess the only thing I can really compare it to is the only team in the area is the Kings. And you think about, um, how bad the Kings have been for so long. And, you know, the fans, that they're still they're still there. They're still there, yeah. They still keep going. The, the Sac- Sacramento fans are loyal maybe to a fault. And they're going to they're gonna show up regardless if the team is, you know, winning championships or or at the bottom of the league. So if we can – if, you know, Sac Republic is no no schmuck of a team, so – we get a we get a big stadium like that. That place is that place is going to be rocking constantly. Yeah. So, those are really the things that we had slated uh, to talk about. But I know Sam and I sort of had to save this last ten minutes. I can't believe we're actually sticking to schedule. This is like the first time we've ever done this in our seventeen show career. Imagine if we actually got it going at ten o'clock. Right. I know. <laughs> um, so we. We save we saved the last ten minutes and maybe it goes a little bit over ten minutes, but that would be true to form. Um, we have a we have a segment that we do called uh, Grill the Guest, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar <laughs> with. And we uh, this is going to be sort of a, a different type of Grill the Guest because we didn't start thinking about this until uh, honestly until today because we were so we were so excited just to talk to Keegan in general that we didn't even think about. Uh, doing this segment but we sort of threw it together at the last minute so i know sam's got a couple questions i have a few questions if we uh if we need to fill some time but i know sam's got some questions ready to go so So. this is going to work differently than what we did with ben and jimmy um jason i'm asking questions about foot football and uh, i know you're not well versed, even though i well well read on it because i like I told you to uh, to study it, and you said no. No, I had stuff I had to do. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, Keegan, go on. Are you are you ready? I think I'm ready. I don't know if <laughs> there's stuck, but let's do there's, it. There's one thing. There's one question that I think could be a little, little uh, risky, and you. I did not give Ben the opportunity to skip a question, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to skip. Well, let's the, the question so, when it comes up. Sam, are are all of your questions sports? Yes. Okay. Well, then here one of them. We'll bounce back and forth. Then you ask the soccer questions, and I'll ask just a random Keegan Ness different type of question because you're right. I'm not going to be able to answer anything about uh anything about professional soccer. So, so Keegan. All right. Messi or Ronaldo. I knew. See, I knew you were gonna ask. That. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm a Messi fan, hundred percent. What? Um, what? <laughs> Even though Ronaldo's no, like better in every way. No, I mean, I, me and my teammates have this conversation all the time, and it's 
turns out it actually gets pretty heated sometimes. But I, I'm a Messi supporter through and through. I think he is probably the best soccer player to ever touch a soccer ball. Um, and like I, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, did you watch his assist yesterday in the Champions League? Bro, I don't. <laughs> Bro, I I promise you, you you will not waste your time if you go look up right now. His assist yesterday against Inter Milan was Ronaldo couldn't do that. I promise you. Yeah, um, just, I mean, that's just obviously, one ear and out the other. <laughs> I mean, I I understand. I understand where people like Ronaldo, and I I think he's a fantastic talent and such a hard worker, and he does so much for his team. But I think in terms of pure talent and like his ability, I think Messi has Ronaldo. So. Uh, which club would you play for? Out of all, is of this them? a multiple choice or is it just all of them? All of them. Any anyone? You got Free reign. One club. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna explain why. No, no, um, no. You only get one. It's not the rules, Keegan. We're strict. <laughs> <laughs> We're strict. All right, all right, all right. I would say Manchester United because I've been a supporter of them pretty much my whole life. But right now, if I were oh. to play for a team, I would want to play for Borussia Dortmund in Germany. Um, I've always really just I've always just been so attracted to them. They have a huge fan base. They're a big club. I like their philosophy. Um, you know, they've got good players, good coach. So I think right now I would go with Borussia Dortmund. Which yeah. game? Which player does your game closely resemble? Ooh. So not my favorite player, but who who do I play most like? Yeah, yeah. what is what is your game mirror? Um, I think I've had this actually. I've actually had this conversation with my coach a couple times, but um, I mean, I'm a defensive midfielder, so I mean, there's nothing sexy about that position. Um, but I think. Do you guys know who Will Trap is? You're asking it's okay if you don't. I know, I know. He's uh, Who's, who does he play for? He plays for Columbus Crew in Ohio. Oh, it's, it's an MLS team. So yeah, I mean, no, yeah, it's no. funny. Oh, you don't I know definitely him. have uh, heard of that guy. <laughs> he, I got a poster uh, of him he, on my wall right now. He's played for the national team a couple times, um, but he's you know, like I said, the defensive midfielder. Actually, it's just kind of do your job. The gritty position, just get the ball, move it, lay someone out. And that's that. You don't score many goals. You don't do much other than just pass the ball and crunch someone. But I mean, I think, I mean, I've had a conversation with my coach about it. So yeah, I think that's that's probably who I most resemble. It's probably right. why we have no idea who that guy is. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, Keys, I got one. I'll break up the sports question before we bounce back into it. Um, the three of us. Obviously, all went to Roseville, right? So, looking back, I'll ask you sort of a local area. You can pinpoint your favorite moment at Roseville High School. Oh, man. You got to give me time to think about this one. Yeah. Uh, hey, you're lucky we're not giving moment. you a timer. When Ben was on the show, he had like <laughs> five seconds to answer the question. Oh, man. That's hard. Uh, my favorite moment at Roseville High School. Well, here I'll, I'll actually I'll make it even. Uh, I'll make try to make it a little bit easier. Favorite moment that has nothing to do with sports. Man, 
hard. Yeah. Can, okay, how about PE? Does that count? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I think one of my proudest moments would be sophomore year in PE. I ran a 5.15 mile. Jeez, um, so I, I don't – I haven't ran a time mile since then. But I mean, I'm, I'm, that's probably one of out the of better four ones. years at Roseville. Your favorite moment was running at five to two mile. Man, I'm trying to think. Um, well, you took out the sports. I know, but we're asking so many sports questions. I, I like how I like how you said that was like your favorite over like graduating from the school. I think that's. I was going to say graduating, but I feel like that's so <laughs> cliche. Like I feel like everyone says that. <laughs> um. No, I, I did like graduating, but I mean, I, don't know, I feel like that's too cliche to say. Almost, I thought it was but... going to be making that girl soccer package. Hey, you know, that's up there, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've been thinking about it and just being in that class with, class with you guys and Mr. Ritter and everyone in that journalism department, I, I, I honestly miss it a lot. So I think that, that was my favorite, 100%. Yeah, so like being in there every day, just working on that stuff, using Adobe Premiere Pro. That's that's a big highlight for me in high school. Oh man! All right, back to the sports question, Sam. Uh, you can you can only do one thing. What do you do to fix Man United? <sighs> Jesus, uh, <laughs> I I would man, see. This is hard because if you're right now, just based on right now. Just One based on right is now, I would, I would fire Ed Woodward. Oh. He's the chief. Oh. I, I think his position like the chief executive. Going so he's straight. basically, yeah, he's basically in charge of like everything. He kind of oversees everything between transfers, coaches, things like that. But like, I I I think ever since Sir Alex Ferguson has left in twenty. 2013, I think he has been our cancer to the team. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I didn't. I just said fix him. I didn't say call for someone's head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I'm just saying. Like I feel like I, I just feel like that's been a problem in front of them for the past at least three years. That's been obvious, but they haven't done anything about it. They've tried different managers, and I don't honestly don't think the managers. It's the managers' fault. Like I, I honestly hate- don't think. Like I honestly don't think David David Moyes was the right choice right after Sir Alex Ferguson left, but I also don't think that Louis Van Hall should have been sacked as early as he did, or Jose Mourinho for that matter. So I think too much blame is put on the managers when it starts at the top. All right, hey, so we got time for maybe one more sports question, and then uh, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap it up um, because I know uh, we try to cap the show at an hour and. Uh, no, we all got stuff to do today. So, Sam, you got one more? Yeah. Do you want to ask a, a non-sports question? Um, you can ask the non-sports question. Do you Non- have another one? Um, well, let's. Uh, I mean, I, I had I had one, um, but it would it was kind of kind of be uh, sort of back to back to Roseville a little bit. Okay, okay, I'll ask mine then. So, Keegan, do you you mm. don't have to answer this. Uh-oh. All right, go on. <laughs> but if, if you if you feel like you can answer it and it's not that crazy, then feel free. Which teammates did you like more? The ones at Oregon State or Penn State? Oh, 
Let's see, man. That's hard. <laughs> uh, and hey, they, they might not listen to this podcast, so. They, they probably won't. So I, I, I'll, I'll answer this. I'll answer this. Um, I, man, that's hard. But I say my teammates at Oregon State. Um, I think. Really? Are you so close I, with some of them? Yeah, a lot of them actually. Um, or uh, the the ones that are still there. Um, I forgot to mention earlier when I when I transferred from Oregon State, a lot of them. The coach kind of said the same thing to a lot of guys, so a lot of guys love. But I think the biggest reason for why I would say my teammates at Oregon State would be just because there were eight freshmen um, when I was there my first year, oh, man. and all of us were in the dorms together. So like right next door to each other. Um, so like on a daily basis, we'd just be around each other all the time, just doing homework, hanging out, playing video games, just stuff like that. So, I mean, I think I just got really, really close with them. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard not to like someone for me. So, I mean, just being around them all the time kind of helped that. So, um, I mean, say I'm not close with my Penn State teammates at all because I am, but I, I just think. It was on a different level at Oregon State. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of a difference when you're like I was as soon as you started saying that there were eight freshmen and you all lived in the dorms together, I immediately understood why yeah. why you were saying the Oregon State ones. Um, right. Well, that'll wrap it up for episode 17 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Thank you guys so much. If you've taken uh, even a minute out of your day. Uh, to listen to us. We really, really appreciate it. We've garnered a little bit of a, an audience uh, more so than I think either Sam and I were ever anticipating. Um, so thank you guys again. Um, thank you, Keegan, for coming on the show, man. That was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. To, uh, hey, you, you brought it, bro. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was really, me, really good because we – I mean – uh, it was good. I, w- I was glad we were able to talk about your college career, and then we sort of bounced around to uh, to the Fair Pay to Play Act, and then sort of the, uh, the Sac Republic um, Stadium. So I'm glad we got to bounce around and hit a hit a lot of topics with you. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Feel free. To, uh, when actually, when does your season end? So it's kind of variable depending on how we do. But our last regular season game is November. I want to say November third. All right. Well, we'll have to uh, either sometime in November or sometime in December. We'll have to have you back on, and we'll we'll talk about uh, uh, your season and how everything kind of shook out. Yeah, definitely. So uh, again, thanks for coming on. It was uh, a blast uh, having you on, and I was glad we were able to make it work uh, despite uh, everybody's schedule and the time difference. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, as far as anybody who's uh, listened to this, hope you have enjoyed. Uh, Sam and I will be back as always. Uh, this one's going to be released obviously a day early, so it'll be uh, it'll be released Friday morning. But we'll be back uh, Tuesday morning with a recap of uh, week five of the NFL season, and uh, we'll be ready to go for another great week. So thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. <laughs>